Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Thank you for joining us for worship on this Pentecost Sunday. We have a very special guest. Everybody okay over there? <laughs> um, we have a special guest I'll introduce in just a moment, but before that, we have a couple of announcements. One is a Connect card. If you are a guest or if you're a regular tender at North Sound, we use Connect cards to, we use Connect cards to connect. connect. Yeah, that's good. I, it's an IQ test uh, here this morning. Um, and so if you're a guest, it helps us to be able to get to know you and we can uh, send you the weekend news so you know what's coming up. And for, uh, for everyone, including guests, but regular attenders, it's a great place to put prayer requests because we remember those on Tuesday in staff meeting and they're sent out to the elders. So I um, hope that you will um, you'll let us know so we can connect. And uh, then uh, we also want to remind you that this summer we got a couple of things going on for our kids. The younger kids have a run to win camp. I think it's about $125, a youth camp. I was about $250, and last year, you guys really did a wonderful job in helping to sponsor children. If you would like to do so again, you can just follow the instructions up there and, uh, and help us uh, in that way. Uh, we would appreciate that. And then finally, we have a young man that we want to honor who is a graduate. Is it high school, uh, Dan? Is that... Um, Oh, let me see, Dan. We got, where did you graduate from high school? Christian High School in San Diego. In San Diego. And then college? UC Irvine. UC Irvine. And then what school did you recently graduate from, Dan? (laughs) Not the Cougars. No, apparently apparently not. But we love the Cougars, right? (laughs) You better say that or I'm going to be in deep trouble. Trouble. So... Uh, Dan, tell us what your, it's a master's degree and it's in? Computer science and engineering. Computer science and engineering. And so you can work on computers and build things. Uh, Yes. Is that right? Yes, that would be, yeah. Good. And um, how will that help you moving ahead in your job, your new degree? So I I work for Dell Technologies and I like my current job, so I'm. Good. Are you going to get more pay for higher degree? it kind of is a meritocracy. You get more pay by by producing earning more. It. Good. Yes. Yeah. Good. So. Kind of like ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, we have a book for you, and Pastor Robin also has uh, a gift for you. Um, this is by Thank Mark you. Patterson called All Mark Patterson called All In. And uh, would you join me in uh, congratulating Dan? <laughs> I don't know if, Jeannie, Jeannie, are you in this service? There you are. Jeannie, stand up. Stand up. Well, you, have to, you have to get congratulations along. Yes, the whole family, of course. Of course, Mark, too. So uh, Jordan, Keith, Bond. So are, Mark, are you the dad? Oh, congratulations. So this is Jordan, Keith, Bond. Mark is his dad, and Jeannie is grandma, and he just graduated from the United States Naval Academy. And... Um, he, uh, I found out at the break, would like to be a pilot and is planning to go to Pensacola for that kind of a training. 
uh, how convenient when Top Gun has just come out. Uh, that, um, I don't know if you, if you all know it, but uh, Top Gun came out in 1986, and the, um, the, the, the applicants for Naval Flight School just went like this. Um, they, uh, folks wanted to participate uh, in that, and so we congratulate uh, Jordan uh, on behalf of North Sound. Uh, uh, My first job in the Navy was actually at the Naval Academy. I told the folks in the first service that uh, one of the fun things, being there when the, when the plebes arrived, uh, that is the, the kids that are coming out of high school and are coming in, they, they come in with their civilian clothes and they go into the gym and they, they move along with their box and they get all of the stuff that they need and then they get in uniform. And then they head over to the barber shop. And that was one of the more <laughs> interesting places the, the, the barbers at the Naval Academy needed about as much talent as my barber does for <laughs> my hair. <laughs> so anyway, we have a, a very special guest. As you know, at North Sound, we um, don't spread our missions giving real wide. We tend to do it in a very focused way. And it's not that doing it wide is bad. It's just not how we've chosen to do it. We've chosen to go deep. And uh, we have gone deep with someone that we trust so very much uh, that we are in partnership with, and that is Dr. Finney Phillip in Udaipur, India. So we have been involved as a church in multiple projects. Uh, we've been involved for years now in supporting the Bible College and Seminary, so we provide a, a monthly gift for the operations of that school so that they can offer to the students the lowest possible price for their education there. Then we have also been involved in humanitarian efforts with Dr. Finney. Most recently, uh, we have been involved with the work in, um, uh, it, with the COVID uh, situation there. And we'll talk a little bit more about our engagement later um, because we're going to do the service just a little bit different uh, today. We're going to um, have an opportunity for our friends online to join us uh, through this service. And then for those of you that are in the room, we're going to have a little time afterwards uh, where Dr. Finney will share with us as well as a special feature for those of you that are in the room. So Dr. Finney, we are delighted to have you. Finney is, uh, has become my friend in addition to the work that we do overseas. He's a Langham scholar, which means that the John Stott organization, the Langham Trust, brought him from India, as they do a number of young men and women around the world, and give them an outstanding education in England, in his case, a PhD in New Testament at the University of Durham. And then um, the expectation of the Langham Trust is that they will go back and uh, do the work that they're called to do. And Finney has a number of other connections uh, in, a, in a larger community that, again, we'll talk about a little bit later. So would you join me as Dr. Finney comes to share with us this morning? Thank you all for allowing me to be here today and to be enjoying the friendship and fellowship that the Lord has built over the years. Um, I always feel that it is at home uh, at North Sound, and this uh, Wednesday night I came, and uh, throughout these days, morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, everything we have packed up with meeting up with friends. Thank you so much for your hospitality, love, 
and your generosity. We just want to appreciate how much it makes a difference to the people on the ground. More of that we can talk after the service. This morning the Lord has put in my heart to speak about Peter. And I want to focus your attention to Gospel of John chapter 21, verses 17. As, and it says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Today is a day of Pentecost and we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the sh shaping of the church, the formation of the church, bringing together diverse people as one. You hear the sound and the voice and the fire, you know, depicting God's covenant for God's people. And then we also know that many people from different nations come together you know, on that day, because God loves the nation. That is the second level in which we understand Pentecost. And the third thing that we can immediately uh, look at Pentecost and say that Peter was very confident in telling the story about Jesus Christ. You who crucified is the Lord, now risen, resurrected, and he is alive. He is the Lord now. Confidence about the centrality of Jesus Christ in, the, in their lives. And finally, the formation of the community, uh, the fellowship, sharing together, partnering together, worshiping together, studying the word of God together. So that is Pentecost. We love Pentecost. We love the, you know, the picture of, of the spirit coming down into this world. But I want to take you further, you know, be, uh, before what happened, you know, what happened to Peter just before he stood up there? What was he before he actually experienced the Pentecost? I think that will help us to understand our own situation and to enjoy the value of Pentecost in our own personal life. One of the beauty about the scripture that we have, 66 books that we hold, is being organized in a very systematic way. Many times it is not chronologically being arranged, but it is arranged in terms of the, in the interconnection of the, of the message that is mentioned here. If you ask if it's a chronological, then Mark should have been the first one. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you go to Acts, and then you go to Paul's letters. Paul's letters, again, it's not chronologically arranged. The biggest one in the front and the shortest one at the end, Philemon. And why Matthew is organized immediately after the Old Testament? Because Matthew beautifully connects the Old Testament to Jesus. So there is that sequencing of things that the Holy Spirit has done through the canonization, through the way in which it is laid down. And we need to appreciate what God does through the writer and those who decide to put the Bible together as one. Now why I'm saying this is because John, as the beloved disciple of Jesus, writing this gospel in a beautiful way, his theme 
is very clear in the gospel. He uses the term Jesus Christ about 170 times and believing 100 times, which means that believing in Jesus is the main theme of this gospel. And if you come to chapter 20 of John and verse 31, it says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in, in, in you may have life in his name. As an author, he has done a perfect conclusion there. He has completed the whole story and came with that short summary of, uh, of his uh, thesis. But then he doesn't stop there. He moves to another 25 verses, another chapter that is being presented to us. And that is very significant for me to share with you what the Spirit of God has put in my heart. Because we are thinking about the day of Pentecost. What happened before Pentecost? And John's chapter 20, John chapter 21 is crucial. And if you read that, it is very important to know that it's a story of our dear friend Peter. Peter's story. John, Peter and other apostles were picked up by Jesus from their own place. If you read Gospel of John, the first two chapters, you will know that you know, John came to know about Jesus through John the Baptist. He said that this is the Lamb of God. And Jesus said, let me go and check. And then he goes and then he says that, Jesus, where are you staying? I just want to join. I just want to be part of it. You know, we don't see Jesus saying, come and follow me. But John is saying that I, I, I went and followed him. That's his heart. But if you look at the story of Peter... You know, Andrew takes Peter to Jesus and then Jesus telling Peter, you follow me. So there is a difference in the calling in which they have come. But over the years, they became good friends. And John has such a beautiful heart. You know, if you read one of those episodes, he will say, little children. Uh, that's the heart of a father. He would speak in those lines. If you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you will not see the story of Peter like this. You miss that story. But it is so important to see John under the Holy Spirit, direction of the Spirit, picks up the story of Peter's restoration towards Jesus Christ. And that is the crucial thing I just want to share this morning. If John was not there, we would have missed the story of Peter's restoration to Jesus. We will have an incomplete picture of Peter. One side, he has denied Jesus Christ, and the other side, he is standing on the pulpit, preaching on the day of Pentecost. What made it happen was a friend like John. There is a friend in the life of Peter who was ready to write a chapter of his life and tell the world, although this man was a failure, although this man was, has denied Jesus three times, this is a story, this is an internal story, this is a friendly story I want to share to all, that he was restored back to Jesus. And that's why he is now preaching on the day of Pentecost. 
This morning, this is an important principle and a value as church. We need to uh, take it seriously. We needed people like John who would look at our lives and say, let me add a chapter into your life. You may be broken. You may be guilty ridden. You might have denied of your friendship and you're running alone. Let me come near you. Let me tell that story again. Let me tell your restoration story and that will keep you back on the pulpit. Dear friends, this is what Jesus is looking for. As a community, North Sound, you need friends like John. Or you can be like John looking at others and picking them up and help them to move forward. So an important thing, people like John helped Peter to move forward. But it was Jesus who actually made the difference into their life. We need people, great friends like John, but it is Jesus who does the work in the life of people. A few things I just want to pick up so that God will work in our hearts so that we can be uh, enjoying the Pentecost and the work of the Spirit in our lives. Chapter 21 begins with saying that Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And there, there are about seven disciples. You don't know what happened to the rest? Eleven out of the eleven, seven are here. We read in Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 10... Jesus, resurrected Jesus, telling the women that you go and tell the brothers that I'm going to meet them in Galilee. They received that word, but in between Jesus might have met them privately, individually, but brothers meeting together in Galilee. So I believe that these disciples who were in Galilee region maybe wandering in the mountainous rain, uh, regions and waiting for Jesus. When will he come? Waiting, waiting. And then naturally, when you get bored, you will get engaged in something, isn't it? Many times we accuse Peter, oh, this guy has gone back to his old job. No, I think it was not just going backsliding into an old job. Rather, he was getting busy when he was waiting. Busy when he was waiting. Many times in our own personal lives, we wait, wait, wait for God's answer, but you then slowly engage with things. But I think it was crucial for Peter to go back to the fishing so that God can, Jesus can do a new work in his life. So don't just lie down on the mounts of uh, Galilee and relax and be lazy and sit there. Engage in something if you are not clear about what is happening around you. Engage in something so that Jesus can come and say to you, put the net on the other side. So this morning, that is what, what was happening in the life of Peter. Peter and the disciples didn't know that Jesus was around. Maybe it was so dim. It was early morning. We didn't know who is on the shore. 
But one thing Jesus asked them was, children, do you have anything? And they said, nothing, nothing. It's very important for us to know that in our situations, in our busyness, many times we forget that Jesus is with us in our situations. Our eyes sometimes are blurred with our own busyness, our own things that we focus on. And many times we need someone or Jesus to come and touch us and show us what to do. And when Jesus asked this question, have you caught anything? They said, no. Many times good questions from God helps us. Our questions, normally why God, all the time our questions are there, but then when God is interested in putting some questions towards us, that would bring some answers into our life. It will help us to face our failures, our own challenges uh, in our lives. An important thing, what these disciples did as Jesus was restoring them back to a position where they can wait for the Holy Spirit to come, was that he asked them to cast the net on the right side. That's a very important, uh, interesting way in which uh, Jesus engages with his people. Now, I believe that uh, normally it would be on the left side. I wish, I believe that the left side is the usual way, the comfortable way of fishing. The difference between the left side and the right side is only about seven feet, the width of the boat. And so, if there was fish, the fish could have been in the left side when they were fishing earlier. But the difference is when Jesus said, come on, try on the other side. I think that's a kind of obedience Jesus is asking us to do. The kind of obedience in which it's a short span, but even can you obey me into move to that short span where my space is in your life? That short span, maybe you are doing, you are busy with your own thing, but see what is that shorter span in which God is asking you to fish again, put the net again. And that brings wonderful results in the life of people who are with him. I think that is the kind of obedience that will help us to enjoy coming back and to be uh, in that Pentecost experience. Another thing that we learn from this story is, I'm just summarizing it, that Jesus is saying to them, okay, you got 153 big fishes, why don't you come and have fellowship with me? And by the time they come with their own fish, Jesus is already having a fish ready, prepared, you know, barbecuing or whatever that you can call it. Jesus is ready with his fish to their fish. Isn't that amazing to see how Jesus wants us to involve with the things that he is doing around us? Jesus is offering them fire. Peter just jumped into the water in the early mornings and he's cold, freezing maybe. And Jesus is saying, come on, come to my warmth, the warmth of the spirit, the warmth of my fellowship. 
Peter may be thinking about the fire. Oh, the day I denied him, I was around the fire. But today's fire is quite different. This is the fire that will warm our hearts. And the other thing that we need to remember is that when Jesus was inviting them to be in fellowship with them, and normally in those uh, in the early in the in the Mediterranean region, if you invite someone to come and have a breakfast or a lunch or a dinner, it means that there is forgiveness. We have opened our hearts. We have forgiven the past life situations, and now we are together. That's what Jesus was doing when. Peter was invited, or the other believers, uh, other disciples were invited to join. It was a moment of restoration. And then we have this conversation between Peter and Jesus that's going on. And in that conversation, three times Jesus is asking, and Peter is trying to affirm his love for Jesus. And those of you have heard many sermons about the agape and phileo kind of terminologies that I use there. But I just want to pick up one particular aspect of it. Three times Jesus is asking, Peter, do you sacrificially love me like God loves me? Agape, do you love me with an agape love? And Peter's response is, Jesus, I admire you. Phileo. That's what he says. Second time, Jesus asking him, do you have a sacrificial love for me? Peter says, no, I admire you, Jesus. But the third time, Jesus is not asking agape. He's saying, phileo, are you admiring me? Do you admire me, Peter? That is where Peter got hurt. He was broken. Jesus coming down to the level of Peter to lift him up into the love of God. That is what restoration of fellowship with Jesus is all about. That is why we are sitting together as a body of Christ, celebrating his coming down, his humility to reach out to us and to lift us up. From the situations that are hurting us, going, we are going through. So Peter was challenged by these questions. This morning, again, reminding ourselves about the day of Pentecost, it's a restoration of day. It's a restoration of the humanity back into the purposes of God. The distinctions of the division of the language, the Babel, has now become one language in the spirit. It was a day when the nations began to come together. It was a day when the Gentiles being added, you know, gathered or into coming into that opening up of things began to happen. But it happened because something happened before. Something preceded for God to be preparing his church and his people for a new season. And that preparation happens with people like John standing with us and Jesus 
continue to work in our restoration towards him. This morning, the call for all of us is, can I be a John? Can I be a person who can add a chapter into the life of the other? Or can someone come and help me like John? I'm really down. I'm really lonely. I need help. I've denied Jesus. I betrayed him. I'm busy with my own things. Is there a John who can come and help me? That makes church beautiful. That makes each one of us important for the kingdom of God. But beyond that, there is Jesus who is always there to affirm us, to restore us, to put us into the right places where he can say that, well done, my brothers and sisters, you can move ahead in the power of the Holy Spirit. The church united can conquer this world. The church together in the Spirit of God can stand against the evils of this world. And I pray that this word will encourage each one of us to move forward in the Lord. Shall we bow our heads? Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful time together, listening to your word, and I pray that as you help Peter to move and other disciples to move into your things, as ready for Pentecost and the, the building up of your church, Father, I pray that that element, that aspect, you release this morning into us, into this church of God. I pray for John, the beloved disciple, kind of people in the congregation, and those who are looking for help. I pray that this will be the day in which you will do that. Father, I pray that your continuous presence, Father, from our comfortable zone to seven and a half feet, of discomfort or a change of perception. Father, I pray that you bring that to us so that we will align ourselves to your purposes of God. Father, as we come as a body of Christ and we move into the Lord's Supper, I pray that your spirit will continue to minister to us. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Finney. I hope you enjoyed those words as I did. What a great reminder uh, in a season where tensions between folks, tensions between Americans, tensions between folks even in churches has been so strong, a reminder of our role as being a friend to each other. Uh, thank you so much for that this morning. And the reason that we can do that is because of what we have before us here. We recognize the fact that the the ground at the foot of the cross is level, meaning we all come on the same basis. We're all sinners. We are saved only by God's grace. And as we take our communion, we are reminded of that, that it's only because of our Lord's broken body and shed blood that we have the relationships that we do here in this room and with our Lord. And so today, as we come to the table, we are reminded about those relationships. 
and we take a few moments before communion to look at our vertical relationship, that is our relationship with God, and ask ourselves the question is, are things right with the Lord in our lives? And if not, we have in this moment an opportunity to make them right. And we also have an opportunity to look at our horizontal relationships, our relationships with other folks, and see whether things are the way they should be there as well so that we can engage and move forward on the basis of the kind of love and friendship that Finney shared with us this morning. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me, if you would. And in the quietness of our own hearts, we're going to take a look at that vertical and horizontal relationship, make sure things are right there, and then we will continue together with a corporate prayer of confession. So friends, let's humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. join together in the corporate prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and earnestly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The words of institution for our service of communion are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, we read there the words that Paul intended for the church way back in Corinth in those days in the first century and now some 2,000 years. We continue the recognition of what the Lord has done for us in providing the means by which our sins are forgiven, the wonder of the cross and the future of eternal life. We read these words, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us and for your blood shed for us. Lord, it's the simple truth of the gospel that you so love the world that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
We thank you, Lord, for that truth today and pray that you would help us to live that out with joy. In Jesus' name.